Welcome, everyone, to The Sages Among Us. I'm Kimberly Ewing, your host tonight on The Sages. And with me tonight is someone pretty special in my life because I was a former farmer. It's Tim Van Wagner. He's our Nevada County, he's a Nevada County native. And from a young age, Tim developed a deep sense of love and understanding for the mixed coniferous forest lands of Nevada County. In 2007, Tim graduated from Pitzer College with a BA in Environment Society and Design and a minor in Art, which I love too. <laughs> with college and a four-month-long study abroad experience in Tanzania, he was drawn back to Nevada County to work in nature and in our food system. And in 2008, he helped with the process of creating the Nevada City Farmer's Market by serving as a founding uh, board member. And then in 2009, Tim co-founded Living Lands Agrarian Network. And in 2012, Tim launched his own farm, First Rain Farm. So welcome, Tim. How are you feeling tonight? Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah. I mean, being a farmer myself, um, I did it for only 10 years, but you're on your, is it 14th year or 12th year? I mean, I think it's 16 at yeah. this point. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, right? It, it is funny. It kind of blurs. <laughs> yeah, it does blur. And it honestly, you just each year, each season, as we call it, kind of blends into the next one, doesn't it? How's, how's it going for you this year, um, First Rain Farm and um, all the farmers that you know? How's it going with this extreme heat? Yeah, well, you know, that's just a recent thing, the extreme heat. Up right. until just a couple weeks ago, it right. was really this uh, very different June. Right. Just an extremely different June and temperatures in the 70s right. for the whole month, practically. And um, Every season is so different as a farmer, and you just have to be adaptable. Um, Absolutely. Adapt or die, right? <laughs> you do, yeah. Yeah. Like my husband used to say, farming in the foothills ain't for sissies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, one of the things that we love um, to bring on the sages among us, Tim, is kind of the backstory of who is the people, who are the people in our community giving back. And you are one of those and we want to hear a little bit about your past, like your childhood. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit. You said you're a Nevada County native. Um, so tell me a little bit about your family when you were growing up and a little bit of your childhood. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I love Nevada City because I've grown up here and obviously I returned here immediately after my college experience. I grew up on Banner Mountain, mm. so kind of like KVMR, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> The original tower up there. That's it. But um, so I was really fortunate to kind of have this upbringing in what we, you know, all appreciate here is this beautiful forest. Yeah. And we had a lot of, you know, BLM land out our back door and opportunities just to be exploring. Mm -hmm. um, so that was from an early age, just a really strong experience for me um, and anchored me in, I think, with nature. Did your parents farm or did they have a backyard garden or anything that inspired or percolated this idea? Oddly enough, um, you know, I don't think I ever saw a vegetable grown <laughs> in our family. Right. Um, my dad was a, is a, was a science teacher sure. at the um, Downeyville High School for um. years. And my mother was also a teacher second through sixth grade. Mm. Um, so obviously there was some influence with the science and um, there was always an appreciation for that out outside recreation. Right. But not necessarily from let's grow our, grow our food, let's have tomatoes out the back door. Um, it was never that. But I, I did have the opportunity more through the entomology side of things, interestingly sure. enough. Um, Who to, doesn't love bugs, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> bugs. Um, 
And I actually had gardens for things like milkweed and oh, yeah. um, different things that would attract different caterpillars for different insects and um, kind of a unique feature of my upbringing. <laughs> well, and that's the curiosity, right, that you're bringing. I'm curious, too. Um, are there any kids in your – any other siblings in your family? I have an older sister. Okay. Yep. Her name is Wendy, and she lives in our community as well. Oh, wow. Um, she and I both went to um, Pitzer College, which right. you mentioned, and – had similar experiences where we expanded our horizons and had some good influences on kind of connecting us back to our food. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we both really took that in our lives. Oh, okay. Is she also in sort of the food or system? Or? She, she has been, yeah. She's been involved with cooking schools and uh, nutrition education for um, many years now. Um, and she's just an amazing chef. And, oh, she's got the yeah. other side of the exactly, talent. Exactly, yeah. No, she's, <laughs> she's incredible. And so she took it that direction. Oh, wow. Well, that's amazing. I mean, uh, hearing your family, um, are your family, is your family still up here? They are, yeah. Oh, okay. They're so local here. And um, yeah, we're really fortunate to have all of her family here. My sister has two kids and her husband and they live on Ridge Road. And um, so, yeah, I mean, basically growing up on Banner Mountain was a whole experience because you were just kind of outside all the time. You know, you had neighborhood kids and things like that you'd play with. And then I went to all the local schools, um, Seven Hills, NU, graduated in 03. Mm -hmm. And when you grow up in a place, you have one experience of it as more of a child. Sure. Um, and then I went away for four years, got my degree, mm-hmm. had some kind of broadening experiences and um, came back and you got to read, I got to rediscover this place. Right. And I always say, because I'm in, I'm, I'm, I was raised here in Nevada County and I left for 10 years and moved back. And what it is, is you got to leave so that you can come back with the, the world experience and the, the life force to then come back and bring it to Nevada County. I'm curious about um, when you went to college, one of the experiences you had was a study abroad in Tanzania. Tell me a little bit about how what that was and, and how that brought you back to where you are today. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I was really lucky and I had the opportunity to go to East Africa and uh, Tanzania was where I spent four months mm-hmm. doing more or less a field studies um, program that had a lot of components with kind of culture and economics. And for me, coming from the United States, which is, you know, you you grow up here just thinking that, you know, much of the world is like this, but there's a whole history to every part of the world. And when you're in a new place, you get influenced by the history that you learn about. And so in Tanzania, obviously, there's a heavy colonial uh, component to that. And um, so that was a heavy influence on me Mm -hmm. uh, as far as just being in a new place and feeling like, wow, here's a place that's been heavily influenced by a lot lot of other places in the world. Right. um, Having a, a heavy hand in an area. And it actually, for me, kind of made me refocus on my home mm. and be like, okay, what, why are all these people coming here trying to tell these people how to, how to live and how to be? Um, and actually, actually, how do we really be more culturally sensitive and plug into our homes? You know, I think that just in general feeling like, wow, like we need people who are dedicated to a place and have roots that they can sink down deep in a place instead of just moving around all, all the time. So That's a really good point, too, because, um, you know, Nevada County wouldn't be what it is without the people 
here contributing and giving back and, and building roots uh, figuratively and literally. And so that's a really important point. Um, there's so many stories, Tim, of, 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 of people like us returning. And I think um, that's what also makes it pretty special is people are dedicated to being here and making it better as best we can every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I have a quick, a fun question. When you were younger, Tim, what, what was one of your favorite toys or passions or hobbies when you were a kid? I know you went to Seven Hills, which I went to Seven Hills. I also taught at Seven Hills, so there's the full circle. Mm-hmm. But tell me one of your favorite toys or hobbies or passions in your childhood. I mean, of course, it was the cordless drill. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> Newly invented almost, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. That thing weighed like 20 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I mean, really, it was just anything that a tool that I could use outside to build a fort, mm-hmm. um, archery, fishing. Nice. Those sort of a- outside activities. I never was a huge toy kid, like right. inside toys. More um, tool guy. More of a tool guy, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that's probably instrumental in, in your lives now, yeah? Exactly. Um, when we talk about the sages, we also talk about someone that might have inspired you or someone that um, in your formative years maybe really stands out for you that had a positive role, whether it be in farming or just in life. Um, would you know or think of anybody or maybe it was an important you know, source of inspiration for you, a person, anybody that stands out for you? Well, I, of course, in college, you have a lot of different people who you, friends, professors, things like that. And I had some amazing groups of friends uh, that were kind of co-collaborators on projects. And I'll always think of them as big influencers in my life. Mm-hmm. But when I moved back um, to Nevada County in 2007, I actually linked up with uh, Leo Chapman. And uh, Leo and Deb Chapman were running Bluebird Farm at the time on the Jacobson Dude Ranch. And actually the summer before I moved back, 2006, is when I first connected with them and had that real hankering to, like, learn about farming. Mm -hmm. And when you get that, you're like, you're going to do anything to get that knowledge. And then miraculously, I was connected with Leo and Deb um, through the Jacobson stretch class, which many, that many people might remember how, you know, <laughs> yes, how fond, often that was happening. Fond memories there. Yep. And so, yeah, I was basically able to volunteer for a season for about six weeks and then set up for the, pre- for the next year an opportunity to work together with Leo. And Leo had, had kind of had a whole career already in his life. He was right. older than me. He was in his early 50s, I believe. And somebody who was had already kind of almost lived a whole life, had raised their kid already and had a career and then wanted to do something more meaningful. And so he got into farming and um, I connected with him and not only learned farming, but also a lot about um, you know other skills. And building in farming, you you can't just know farming. Right, you have, you have to, to you have to know, like you said, adapt. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you have to know plumbing. You have to know irrigation things, right. electrical, like basic building. So, Leo's been a huge influence on my life, and mm. um, also just you know when you find somebody who has this willingness to kind of entertain your young enthusiasm, <laughs> that is a real gem. I know, and he you were gifting back to him because look at where you are now. You know as. Leo can sit back and watch and see yeah. this magic happen. Absolutely. Um, well, that's he's amazing, and I do remember being a farmer. His name was very uh, revered, you know. Um, what about thinking back in your lifetime? Is there something in your life or a watershed moment that you can pinpoint as to the reason why you're so deeply 
involved in creating a better community? Was it the Tanzania? Was it something else? Well, one of the things I learned from college was um, that there's a lot of problems in the world. Yeah. You know, we that's what we learn a lot about. And seemingly there are not that many solutions uh, oftentimes uh, is the way it seems. Right. And so uh, one thing that just clicked in my head early on was just this idea that like humans – it's 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 all basic, right? We've we've disconnected from nature. We don't consider ourselves a part of our environment anymore. And right. a lot of that has to do with how we live. And to me the most basic kind of recreation of that connection is our food source. Sure. Everybody eats and so everybody, everybody is connected to our environment. But you just forget that because you just go to the Whole Foods or the whatever store right. you, you eat at and you shop at and you pick up your food and you don't even know how it was growing, who grew it, right? you know, if it's, if it's actually nutritionally valuable. Right. Um, and so for me, I really wanted to foster that connection to farming to be back in connection with nature more. And so um, once you get involved in farming, you quickly realize that like, it is about community, especially small-scale farming, where you're trying to have connections with your local people who are going to eat your food. Right. And you want their support, and um, it feels good to have that community around you when you're constantly toiling out in your fields under <laughs> really intense conditions. For so sure. It's Farming's It's intense. really valuable to have, you know, those roots in the, in the community. And that's a great part of this is, like, um, you know, people don't know or maybe don't understand that uh, uh, this community-supported agriculture is exactly that. It's supported by the community, and they believe in you through membership or through your f your food stand or however you um, are participating in the farm system. Um, when you arrived back in Nevada County, you actually started right away, like with Leo and the farming. Um, do you feel like that was key in the success of today? Well, you know, I think I literally started farming two days after I graduated college. Oh, you and did? So, so it's, it was like there wasn't even like a big chance to take a deep breath. Yeah. It was just straight into this new thing. But so in some ways, sure, it would have been nice to have taken some more time and maybe some other experiences. But I was just so ready mm -hmm. to sink in and start learning about something that felt very real, um, you know, away from the, the books and yes. all that. and um, Less theory and more practice. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... I mean, life just goes on from the point when whatever point you're looking at, you know, it just happens the way it does. And I don't have any regrets about kind of jumping into this and sticking with it because my life has become very rich. I have yeah. two kids now. I know. Tell us a little bit about your family. Um, yeah, I have um, a nine-year-old son, and uh, he's a very uh, aspiring land tender, I would nice. say. A he's, steward. He's a steward, <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's he's quickly picked up on many of the things, including milking the cow. And, oh, um, I love it. You know, he's got like a weed-whipping business now. and. <laughs> <laughs> He's in it to win it. He is. And then I have a uh, almost two-year-old daughter. Aww. Her name is Rose. And she is just a little gem. Mm -hmm. And I feel um, so lucky that they're growing up on uh, just in this environment that's really nurturing in all ways. Right. And um, Kathleen, or Kat, is uh, my wife and uh, Rose's mom. 
and just we have a really supportive relationship. And yeah. I mean, as a farmer, if you don't have that, it's really hard. You have to have the support. Yeah, I remember when Drew and I was were doing the farm. I was the teacher. I had my day job, and he was doing the warrior work of farming. Yeah. Um, does she? But she's in in, in a, as much as you, right? She loves to farm. She loves to to do that with you. Yeah, I mean. You know, once you have kids, there's kind of different roles that emerge. Sure. And so in, in our case, I, I'm more of the farm, you know, manager and um, all that. We have also employees in different positions. So right. um, she's able to be a, a full-time mom, which yeah. is, you know, obviously more work than farming. Well, well it's, it's a lot. It's very uh, dimensional, yes, but very yeah. dynamic. But still, it's so wonderful to know that your kids are growing up on a farm. Like, that's the bliss. That's the, you know, that's that's the dream for a child, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And so lucky, lucky your kids, right? They're so lucky. Yeah, and I mean, we are really lucky, and it's nice, too. We do some because of the community-supported agriculture element, yeah, it's nice to have people out to the farm. Like, we do a U-pick for our berries. Oh, and good. It's just like you see a lot of families coming out. Yes. And it's, people, kids light up. when they As soon as they get out, they see the animals. They see they can go pick berries. Their minds are getting blown. They're just they're connecting with nature. It's something visceral, too. They just attach to that farm in a, you know, in a way that you don't even know the magic of it's happening, right? And so yeah, that's yeah. really amazing. I love that you do, um, you pick. And you know what? You should because berries are yours, right? <laughs> you pick them and you put them in your basket or in your mouth. Exactly, yep. <laughs> Well, if you're just now listening to KVMR 89.5, we are um, with Tim Van Wagner from First Rain Farm. Um, this is The Sages Among Us, and I'm the host, Kimberly Ewing, tonight. Um, so let's kind of move forward now. When you talk about farming and being in the community-supported agriculture. Tell me a little bit about the latest development. And this is something we talked off of air, Tim, about when we were farming at Mooney Flat Farm, we could only grow so much. You know, you could, you might be really good at these, but you may not be so good at these, pro, you know, pieces yeah. of produce. And so tell us about um, a little bit of the history as you've been a farmer. I mean, you were known for the Nevada City Farm farmer's market. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. And also then this latest new development with all of the collaborative farms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Farms, farmers, I think are very creative by nature and are always looking at ways to do things better. Um, You know, when I first started farming back in Nevada city, there was uh, a very small Nevada city farmer's market on, uh, I think it was York street. Right. And it didn't have a lot of room for expansion. And so, um, I helped with some other people, including Leo and Angie Tomey, um, to kind of launch the new Nevada City Farmers Market. And um, Renette Sanum was a big part of that as well. And so here it is. It's like this is the epitome of local agriculture and community involvement. It's like literally we want to put the agriculture right right in, in the downtown community space. Absolutely. Um, and so there's one model, right? So it's like, okay, it's down there in, in the town. You come and get it. Um, and that's been a success. Look it's at the market really now. Been a it's, it's taken off. It, there's lots of vendors there. It's it's sustained itself. That's um, been almost ten years, has it been? No, it's Maybe been more. like twelve or four, wow. twelve or thirteen years yeah. since two thousand eight. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it just keeps getting bigger and better. It yeah. seems like. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know, of course, the CSA model, the tr- traditional model, which is CSA being community supported agriculture, was it was really this concept where okay. 
a farm wants to provide food f- directly to the people who, who will eat it. And yep. so those people are going to be share, like share members or farm members. And they'll get a weekly share or a weekly box of vegetables from that farm. And that's been around for a long time, 30 or 40 years at this point. And some farms, a lot of farms have had a lot of success with that. Um, personally, I always had so many irons, irons in the fire beyond just the vegetables. We also did like vegetable seeds and we had animals and things like that, that um, managing the diversity of crops for a CSA was challenging for me. So and I, challenging for every farmer, I think. It is. It's, yeah. It is. Yeah, exactly. And... So I didn't do it for a long time, actually. Um, I did it initially with Bluebird Farm and Leo Chapman, mm-hmm. but um, moved away from it and did some more wholesale and direct sales to the farmer's market. But uh, as things evolved and, you know, have a family and time becomes even more precious, I'm looking at ways to kind of optimize the production in the fields um, and kind of ways to collaborate to make it work for everybody. So we launched this collaborative CSA last year, which was a a partnership between three farms to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so three farms would contribute produce to one box. Um, And what that did was it allowed each farm to really specialize in the crops that they could do well. Because like you said, not every farm site will produce tomatoes as well as another site um, or lettuce or something like that. Right. Um, There's different climactic considerations and uh, microclimates. And so, and for the members, they would then get the best things from each farm in this one box. Perfect. And they'd get the early tomatoes while still having the cool season lettuces later in the season, in the summer. So um, that was a success. And so we decided to build on it in this last year. We um, included two more farms and we have about 110 members now. That's uh, so great. So we basically have a coordinator now, so it's kind of at a certain scale where we can have somebody designated coordinating the yeah, farms. Yeah, because that's a lot to coordinate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we plan it. We plan the whole season ahead, but, of yeah. course, you know, the weather happens. The things change. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it's really fun. And, oh, and, it's so and great. actually, I'm, I'm also a CSA member now because oh. all the farms get a box from – from everybody. From the, from the program, yeah. Yes. And, and I have to say, it's pretty fun being a CSA member. It is. You're like, what's in the box this week? It's like Christmas every week. Exactly. And you're <laughs> like, well, they already have sweet corn, and it's really good. That's yeah. awesome. Like, ours is like a foot tall, yeah. <laughs> or we're not even growing it, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, it's so smart. I mean, how did how were other farms receiving that, saying, hey, let's all work together? They probably were saying, yes, please. It seemed like a natural fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of, yeah, we picked four farms that we already knew. And, of course, there's a lot of trust that goes into something like this. You're relying on the other farms to produce what they say they will produce. Yes, right. But w- built into this whole model is actually a lot of resilience because because it is farming and right. things don't happen like you think. You might not have something um, when you when you expect it. Right. Um, but maybe that other farm has something they can fill in that week. Right. So there's substitutions that can happen. And um, ultimately, it just simplifies things for the farmer. Um, So Well, and we talk about, you know, your community involvement. I mean, this is the essence of it. Um, If I – this is a a question, and we're almost already out of time. Can you believe it? But um, one question I always ask is, you know, here we are in Nevada County returning from our childhoods and trying to give back to our communities. Um, But if you had a magic wand and you could, you know – bring a new 
thing to improve our town? Is there anything that you would like to, um, what, w- what would you wish for? Gosh. <laughs> right? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I'd, I would, you know, Nevada City used to have more of a town square. Right. Um, that just came to mind, like where the, fr- where the freeway goes through. Right, right. Um, that'd be really neat. You know, you, you go in places, a lot of other places, and they have, uh, in Mexico, they have the Zocalo. Right. Which is the central kind of plaza area. It'd be mm-hmm. nice to have something more like that in our community. Yeah. Um, yeah. But otherwise, just... yeah, you're making the magic. Tell me briefly about all the things that you guys serve, because it's not just vegetables. Um, animal lovers, you're going to love this. Yes. Well, yeah, we actually got, uh, we've had dairy goats for the past 14 years and most recently a dairy cow, but, and we did a small dairy with the goat's milk, but we actually have transitioned that herd more towards land management. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing, um, after the campfire in paradise, you know, that was a wake up call for a lot of people. And I just felt like, gosh, is there something that we could do? And we started basically growing our herd and doing more of a grazing service because, we're growing vegetables in a very difficult area, right? The foothills, like you said. Right. Um, but we're actually more in forest land. This is this is not necessarily your prime growing land for right. vegetables. It's right. tra- challenging up here. And so uh, my horizons are broadening right now and looking more towards land management. And we've, we're using the goats for vegetation management. But um, we've also gotten into prescribed burning. Which is brilliant. And that's the latest way to, you know, reduce fire. Well, and it... I like to say that the re- the reduction in, in fuels is the boring part. Yeah. The, ex- the exciting part is the rejuvenation of the land. Ooh. Because this land is really meant to burn, but we don't necessarily want it burning at high intensity. Right. And so if we can if we can set the terms at which it burns, and b- do it at low at low intensity and have ecological b- benefits, as well as you know the fuels reduction, that's a that's a good future. That's a win win. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. I know you don't want to promote, but tell us how someone might get in contact with you. Because when we got on our farm, we had 250 goats for 10 days. And it was brilliant because then you got to see the terrain, the landscape. And now with fire mitigation, tell us a little bit, like, how Mm -hmm. could people get a hold of you if they wanted to do that? Yeah, we have a website, firstrainfarm.com. And um, yeah, we've got a lot of information about the things we provide and our collaborative CSA Although at this point, we're more or less kind of filled up for the season. Sure. Um, but yeah, we have information about the goats and the burning program there um, where people can find out more. But we're also at the farmer's market where yeah. you can come talk to uh, myself or staff and um, just get some FaceTime with hearing about what we're up to. I know. And I think all, all the time when I go down to the Nevada City Farmer's Market, people are always wanting to talk to the farmers. You know, how's it going? What's going on today? And um, <laughs> one question I had as a, as, a, as a past farmer, what is like the warrior, what's the most warrior thing you've done on a farm? For example, m- my husband and I would go out at night with our night, you know, our lamps, our headlamps, and we would go and, you know, try to manage the cucumber beetles because <laughs> right. they only come out at night or whatever. What's something fun or something that someone might not know about a farm? I mean, I don't know. What came to mind for me was we installed a mile and a half pipeline, water pipeline for our farm, Mm -hmm. which was uh, kind of felt like a monumental task um, at the time. But water is just such an essential thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I feel like farmers are always kind of in that mentality of like, just when you want to quit, you have to keep on going. Totally. Um, and there's a lot of challenges. And we call it the saga of the agua. <laughs> there's always something happening with the irrigation system. 
what's wrong with my water? And so you, you just have to like dig very deep and just be like, okay, I have to do this thing if yep. I want to keep on doing this. Yes. You know? So it's like the saga with the agua. It's so true. I mean, there's just so many, you know, so many obstacles. But again, you just try to have a good sense of humor about it and say, okay, what am I going to do with this issue? Right. Well, we yeah. so appreciate what you're doing. Tell us, um, is there anything else you would like to share with us about being a sage, giving back to our community? Um, and, you know, one thing that I thought, too, is everybody should have a backyard garden. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's something people should strive for. It's it's difficult in our day and age because people work so much and the time yeah. is like really scarce and there's just a lot of demands on people. Um, so yeah. I understand why it's hard for people, but I think there's a lot of joy also to reap from having a garden. And I think even just exposing your kids to it yep. is is really meaningful. And um, the magic of, of things growing from seed and watching that. I mean, I know in school that we would do farm, we would do, um, you know, starter kits and watch the seedlings grow. And um, they just attach more of their heart to that because they're watching it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really great thing. Anything totally. else you want to share? Well, just in that line, you know, we're really lucky to have so many organizations supporting farmers in this community, like Sierra Harvest, uh, the Land Trust, um, right. you know, the University Farmers Market. There's just so much support, and that's what needs to be happening for farms to continue to thrive and proliferate. Absolutely. It's our food. So thank you guys so much. Um, Tim, I'm going to say good night to you. Thank you so much for being on our show, and uh, everybody have a good evening. Take care. Thank you.